Well, I'm bringing to you another joke, maybe hyping up the mood, okay? So there was a, I read a joke. I like reading jokes. I like reading quotes. I read a lot of quotes. But I like reading jokes. And it said there was a, there was a wife and a, and a, um, a husband. They were getting ready to um, go to church. The wife was, and said the husband was in bed. And he said, and she, she said the wife walked in there, and he said, she said, get up. we got to go to church. He said, I'm not going to church today. And he, she said, well, why not? He said, well, I'll give you two good reasons. One, they don't like me there. And two, I'll give you another reason why they don't is that I don't like them either. He said, I'm not going to church today. And said, uh, his wife replied to him, yeah, well, I'll give you two reasons why you need to go to church today. Number one, you're 54 years old. You need to get up out of bed and go to church. Number two, you're the pastor. And so um, you need to go to church today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of uh, Psalms today. Psalms tonight. Book of Psalms. Um, chapter 126. Book of Psalms, chapter 126. The whole Bible believes in missions, amen? It's not just half the Bible, but the whole Bible believes in biblical missions. And uh, I believe in biblical missions too, amen? So tonight will be our first, fourth message in, in the series entitled, Missions, the Beat of God's Heart, and or whatever you want to call it. And so we see in our text here something. Let's read verse 5 and verse number 6. Verse 5 and verse 6, I have preached out of this before. The Bible says in Psalms 126, verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask you, God, to help us tonight. We love you. We thank you, God, for preaching. We thank you for the privilege to be able to come to the house of God. Give us the Spirit of God, Lord, to um, anoint us afresh, Lord, and help us this morning, we, uh, this evening. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last year, or the year before last, one of the two, I, I did spend some time farming. And God uses, uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God uses the penmen of the books to write down things using farming, farming terms, if you will. Um, he uses the world as the field, and he does that frequently. John 4, 35 gives us the clear view in Matthew 9 and 37 and 6 or 8, one of the three of those. And he gives us that idea, and in this text he's giving us the same idea when it comes to a farmer and a field. A field out in among the whole world being our field, he gives us that term. And so we'll get somewhere in a minute, but when I was farming, I realized that the hardest thing about farming was not the pickings, but rather it was the planting. It had nothing to do with anything of the rearing from that, but it had to be putting it in the ground and that was the hardest part about it. And there was times when the sun was beating down upon us and it was brutal. But we knew that eventually 
if we did things right, it would come, right? And so the farming, the, the planting is tough, essentially. I mean, essentially it is. The sowing of the seed is tough, but the reaping of that seed uh, is very bountifully and very wonderful to a person at all. And so it's something, it's a feeling of accomplishment, if you will. And you get accomplishment from it, but that's not how the field works with Christ. We should feel accomplished that we've done the Lord's will, but not that we've done anything else past that. Because in ourselves we can do no thing. No good thing cometh out of me, amen. But it cometh from God, it cometh down from the Father of lights, where there is no variableness or shadow of turning according to the Bible. And so, if I may remind you this morning, this evening, that Jesus did give us the view of the field in the Bible. And in John 4... In verse 35, I'm going to turn there just simply to read it to you um, so I don't misquote anything, okay? And John 4 and verse 35, the Bible says uh, right there, the Bible says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. They're already white to harvest. He said, open your eyes and look on the fields. They're already white to harvest. And so he indicated that we, his people, are the farmers. Would you agree with that? He gives us that indication throughout Scripture that we are the farmers. We are to plant, we are to tend, and we are to reap from them, right? And so so God's call to you and I is to be actively spreading um, the gospel in this world. Uh, If we're going to stay in this church and we are to spread the gospel in the community. But if we are going to uh, hear a call from God, that God's calling us to the mission field uh, and He's calling us to a different country, then we must still go there. But my point is, is wherever you are, the gospel needs to be with you. And so, so God's call to you and I, must it's an active calling. If you're 85 years old, it's still an active calling. It does not matter. You and I are to be witnesses and we're to be winners of the soul today. And that's our job to do today. And so my quote tonight comes not from a missionary, but from a mission-minded man. Uh, Dr. Harold B. Seitler, um, he pastored Tabernacle for years, and and he was a mission-minded man, to say the least. And this is what he said. He said, I think you ought to serve the Lord uh, where you are, do what you can, go home at night, rest and sleep, and then get up tomorrow and wake up and do the same thing all over again. Uh, I believe that to be a hundred percent true. Uh, if we, because if we were really honest, I, I, w- I would love to say that I believe we're, I believe we give out tracts. I believe we give the gospel. I believe we do those things. Uh, but we would have to admit that our witness is lacking in areas. Our witness is lacking in areas in some very necessary things that we must do. Uh, And these verses speak on some things. Uh, And so the Lord addresses some things and He deals with some things that I'd like to bring up um, to our attention tonight. We must go forth with His name. For the sake of Christ, we must do that. Amen. Uh, We must go forth with His gospel 
and to tell the whole world about it. You say, well, we can't, we can't do that. Then, then God's not going to change his word. Do you believe that when he said, go ye into all the world, he was speaking to a specific person? Well, directly, no, he was not speaking to a specific person. But indirectly, he absolutely was. He absolutely was. Because when you read it, three people ain't going to read it at the same time. He's talking to you. Right? He's talking to me. If it means going to all of the continents, we ought to do it. You say, that's crazy, preacher. No. He said, go ye. He didn't say, go ye and thee. Right? He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so it's very simple. And so that tonight, I'm going I'm to preach this thought. I'm going to preach on the promise of biblical missions. The promise of biblical missions. What can God do for, for missions? Everything. Everything. He is the one who does the work. So the promise of biblical missions, three things, and I'll be done. I want you to notice, number one, there is a purpose that we need to recognize. There's a purpose that we need to recognize. The purpose is this. God expects His people to be actively engaged in the activity of sharing the gospel to every creature. Amen. He does. It's the truth. You, me, and everyone else. If you're born again, that's your, that's your commission. You said, no, that's just commission to the preachers and the missionaries. No, 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 no. Number one, I believe the first thing that we could see in our text tonight is it is a personal thing to recognize. It's a personal commission, if you will. Now, the Bible says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He... That goeth forth. He. It doesn't say anybody else. It says he that goeth forth. And he represents, you know, mankind, by the way. It does in Scripture. So, so, so there, there's absolutely um, no given in, indication to whom he is speaking to. Uh, um, but it's simply saying very clearly that it's to every single person that's born again. He, he, and so where did we ever get the idea in our lives? You know, some people have that idea. I don't believe you do, but, but where do we ever get the idea that witnessing is left up to a pastor or the evangelist uh, or the missionary? Where do we ever get that? <coughs> We've messed up. The church of the living God has messed up the Bible. The Bible tells us that the gospel is to be spread by every single individual. As I already said, go ye. And so the, the, the thing that we have, the job that we have ahead of us uh, is, is great. Uh, and it's huge. Uh, and there's 8 billion people in this world. There's 8 billion people in this world today. 8.3 billion and some changed people in this world uh, today. Uh, and that's a big load to fall upon just a few shoulders. But right now, it's just falling on a few shoulders. Few shoulders are carrying the gospel today. And I'm telling you, friend, the burden, it must be personal. It's a personal thing that we must recognize. And for every born-again person, 
It's personal. It says he that goeth forth. It, it's something every child of God can do. Amen. There will never be a time where any child of God is not able to be a witness. Unless they lose their mouth, lose their voice. <clears throat> it's absolutely personal. It's a personal commission. It's a personal recognition. And secondly, I believe not only can we see that, it is presence. It's present. It's a present commission, When you say? It's a present commission. Now the Bible says, He that goeth forth. He that goeth forth, so the, the, the verb there, the verb there, goeth, uh, it, it, it points towards something that's continual. He that goeth forth, that, that, that there has never been a moment and there will never be a moment when the message of the gospel is not needed in the world that we live in today. There'll never be a moment till Jesus comes and calls us out. Uh, and even after that, there's still moments uh, when the gospel will be preached in this world. The gospel is always needed until we're all in heaven uh, and time in itself stops. The gospel will be needed. Uh, I'm telling you, the whole idea is that we are to be making disciples as we go. Uh, we're to be doing those things. And there has never been a time when you didn't need the gospel and I didn't need the gospel. It's presence is he that goeth forth. Uh, and then uh, another thing, it says, uh, he that goeth forth and bearing precious seed. It's precious. It's a precious commission. I'm telling you, the message that we carry, uh, we are given to this world, uh, and that we are to tell everybody in Food Line and Walmart uh, and on the on the top of the hotel, uh, wherever it may be, uh, God has given us everything we need to do it. He's given us everything that we need to do it. You're not. Th- he gave us the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4 tells us that he died according to the scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And that, 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 that's a story that's not like any other story that could be told. Uh, um, that God loves man so much. God loves man that much that He sent His Son to die and save him from hell. And then He rose again to offer justification. And He all rose again to offer eternal life to all who will simply place their faith in Him. And I'm telling you, we have the right to serve Him and to tell about Him. And no man can ever stop us. That's what's the problem with most churches today is that pulpits uh, are intimidated by the pews. I'm telling you, it's, it's something that's precious. Uh, it's something that will work. Uh, and it will work on the worst of days uh, and the best of days. Uh, the gospel has the power to save. Uh, the Bible says, uh, um, Be ye not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, for it is the power of God unto salvation uh, um, to the Jew first uh, and also to the Greek. Uh, Every person uh, um, that receives the gospel is indwelled with the Spirit of God. 
It's a universal thing. The gospel works just as good in Africa as it works in America. The gospel works just as good in Albany as it does in America. The gospel works just as good wherever you take it. It works the same. Amen. God, give us the gospel for that reason, to tell it. The whole world then, not only did he do that, but he gave us the word of God. What about the word of God? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, Psalms 19 says it's sweeter than honey. The Bible says it's a hammer. I mean, the Bible says what it is and says what it ain't. Amen, friend. It's precious. Thankful for the word of God. It's a well of pure water when I'm thirsty and dry. Bread when I'm hungry and worn. It's, a, it's the precious old book that I hold in my hand. Thank God for this Bible. That I hold in my hand. It's true from the beginning to the end. It's a solid foundation where I will firmly stand. Sin kept me from it. Now it keeps me from sin. Amen, friend. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for the Bible. Only God could do this. It is a holy Bible. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. If you got the right Bible, it says holy on it. Amen, friend. It's a holy Bible. He gave it to us. It's precious. It is absolutely precious. Uh, I read over there in the book of 1 Peter. Over there in the book of 1 Peter. And this ain't in my notes or anything. Um, but over there in the book of 1 Peter, I got some notes in my Bible. I don't always do that. But the Bible says, um, uh, moreover, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse um, 15, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunning, de- cunning devices, device fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, now we, it says we're not, we're, not, we're not worried about the cunning fables. We're not worrying about the cunning fables. I I read a story not long ago of a man who testified uh, as his mother was trying to witness to him. Uh, He testified to her uh, and he said, I will not get saved and believe in your Jesus uh, simply because why should I believe anything you said? Because you told me about Santa Claus and then told me it was fake, told me about the tooth fairy, then told me it was fake. uh, And why should I believe in this Jesus you're telling me about? That's the problem, friend. We're raising them up. Why do you think they speak lies? Because they're told lies. It's exactly why. For uh, And the Bible says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when they came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard. Uh, Peter speaking. Uh, he heard it. Uh, he said we were with him up on the holy mountain. Matthew chapter 17. He just didn't have, the, have Matthew chapter 17. Uh, he said we were with him up there on the holy mount. Uh, we seen Elias. Uh, oh, we seen Moses, uh, we seen Jesus uh, it was me, my friend John and me, my friend James, we were all up there on top of that mountain, we seen the glory of God, but this is what he said uh, but we uh, have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, and the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is under any private uh, interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost 
Amen, friend. We got a more sure word. Uh, it's complete. It's canonized, if you want me to alliterate it. Uh, and absolutely, friend, I tell you the truth. Uh, it is always going uh, to be enough. I'm telling you, this word of God, it's an important word. Uh, it's the infallible word. It's an integrity word. Uh, it's an incomparable word, an incorruptible word, instructive word, uh, indestructive word. Uh, it's an immovable word. It's an inspired word. Uh, it's approved, powerful, pure, and perfect, and preserved word. Uh, it don't have no fairy tales, and it don't have no fables. Amen, Thank God for the blessed word of God. Amen, friend. And then he also, one other thing he gave us. This is the craziest thing. Why would he give something to some, some like this to someone like me? Well, this is what he gave. Look at the book of John. We're moving, I know. The book of John in chapter number 16. The book of John, chapter number 16, verse number 13. The Bible says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you the things to come. Isn't that amazing? He's not, when he dealt with our heart, he was getting a word from heaven. When he dealt with our heart to be saved, he was getting a word from heaven. The spirit of God is something that's precious for him. And man, we've taken it lightly. We've overlooked it at times. We've uh, we've become compatible. We've become complacent with it at times. We have at times, uh, but he gives us the words to speak as we witness and tell others about. It's not always easy to do, but he'll give you the words. You got to have open ear to him. Amen. Amen. What about this? Didn't he give you something precious when he gave you your own testimony? When he gave you your own testimony, I mean, think back to when the day the Lord saved you. First Peter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you in reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why are you giving it? You have a reason to give it, because there's meekness and hope and fear inside of you, because the hope that's inside of you, that's what I hope that's inside of you. Uh, oh friend, there, there are all kinds of methods that you can use to share the gospel. Uh, um, but you can learn, um, if, if you want to say, the Romans Road. Uh, uh, you can re- read all of that. You can learn the Ten Commandments. Uh, and you can do all that. And you go up to the door and ask somebody. Um, they'll, they'll, they might say, yeah, I know the Bible. I know the Ten Commandments. Then ask them to quote them to you and see if they know the Ten Commandments. Then uh, um, you can study everything you want to know about it. Uh, you can go to college and study evangelism all you want to but if you don't have the spirit of God and you don't have your own testimony you'll never get anywhere if you don't have these four things you'll never get anywhere if you don't have the gospel you'll not get anywhere if you don't have the word of God you'll not get anywhere if you don't have the Holy Spirit I promise you ain't getting anywhere he's compared to in the Bible as wind amen when the wind blows things move wind's not blowing things ain't moving Oh, I'm telling you some, you sharing your personal, your personal salvation testimony is one of the best wet weapons of witnessing you'll ever have. 100%. You say, let me tell you where God brought me from. He brought me from so many places. Man, he literally transformed my life from being a drunkard to being a, a harlot, to um, whatever you are. Put, in, put yourself in those shoes. I mean, he transformed me and made me into a new creature in his, in his likeness. 
What a wonderful thing. You glad to be saved tonight? Amen. I'm glad to be saved. Don't be able to, don't be afraid of telling others what God did for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. There is a purpose that we must recognize. Secondly, there's a passion we must raise. Now, this passage deals with a few things that carry the idea of passions. A few words, okay? It uses the word there in verse number 5. It uses the word tears. Verse number 6, it uses the word weepeth. Doesn't that make you think of passion? It uses those words, and, and those words speak of persecution. They speak of pain. They speak of passion. And I tell you something, they, they tell us that there must be a burden for this job. You must have a burden for it. And, and you know, just as the farmer uh, um, gives his attention to the field and he gives his uh, labor to the planting and the cultivation and the harvesting of the crop, uh, Christians need to have that same passion. Amen. That same passion. Farmers do it because they know they ain't going to make no money if they don't keep going. Christians do it because we're commanded to do it. And we know that we want some, wouldn't, wouldn't we want some rewards in heaven? Yeah. Ain't going to be no payout if you don't do your job. Amen, friend. I tell you, that's the truth here tonight. We need a passion for the lost. We need a passion for the lost. 100%. We need a burden for the lost. Uh, let me give you a few reasons why we need a burden for the lost. Well, first, we were given examples for it.
uh, and we were headed to a devil's hell uh, and we needed it. But now we have the experiences. Uh, not only do we have the examples, uh, um, but we have the experiences of our own. Uh, um, that when we knew that we would die from this world uh, and enter into that world and not that world, uh, we had an experience with God if we've ever been saved. Amen, friend. He loves us. He loves us. We have experiences. Just think about the life. There is reasons why we need to tell souls about Jesus. There's reasons why we need to have a burden for souls uh, and a passion, a yearning to see souls saved. Uh, and one of them is because of our examples, one of them is because of our experiences. Another thing I believe that we have, uh, not only are there the reasons uh, uh, why we need a burden for souls, lost people, uh, but also there's some results of having a passion or a burden for the lost. Now, when we're truly moved by the, the position of a, of a lost person, there will be tears. There will be. There will be tears. There will be burdens. There'll be prayers uh, that you send out to God in heaven over their sake. Let's just come to the conclusion tonight. And let's face it, friend. I'm not being mean, but too often that that requires unpleasant things and unpleasant times. We aren't as concerned about those around us dying without God as we say we are all the time. We're just not. We may say we are, but are we really moved enough to pray for them? Are we, are we really moved enough to go to them? Pulpit to the pew tonight, friend. Are we really? I mean, um, the, the, we can say it all day long, but our actions are different. Right? Don't let your actions betray you. Don't let your actions betray your mouth. Amen, friend. I tell you what we need tonight. We need a burden for souls. We need a genuine burden for souls when we cry out to God in the altar and in our prayer place every single day to see souls saved. We need to do that. We need God to break our hearts again uh, over souls that need to be saved. Uh, we We need to cry because we do not cry. We need to be burdened because we're not as burdened uh, as we need to be. Uh, uh, We need to be upset about people dying and going to hell. Uh, We're not upset about the sinfulness of this wicked world as we ought to be. Uh, We need the Lord to break our hearts again. We need it to happen. When we seen God move as we did in this church for those years, when we seen Him move, we had a burden to see the next one saved, the next one saved. I don't know it's the truth. I don't, I'm not saying you don't have a burden tonight. Because I believe every person in here has a burden tonight. But I don't believe any of us have the burden that we need to have. If you've reached that capacity, then praise the good Lord in heaven above. I haven't. Amen. All I'm telling you is that there is the fact to this thing, friend. There is a passion that we need to raise up and say, Lord, help us to get a burden. I want a burden. There's a purpose that we need to recognize.
Lastly, I'll be done. There's a promise that we can reap. The Bible says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, beareth precious seed, shall doubtless come again with it with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. When we go the way of God and have a burden for the lost, we can rest assured that we'll receive the Lord's promises. We always see souls saved? No, not always. Been in this thing long enough. Been in it long enough, but I've been in it three and a half years now, and I've seen souls saved. But I've had, we've, been in, we've been in spells where there haven't been no souls saved. Does that mean God isn't working? Absolutely not. Means we ain't doing our job? Absolutely not. But we ain't doing our job all the time. Amen, friend. There's some promises that God can give from this. We're speaking on the promises of Michigan. And there's one promise is. Simple promise is. Is there's a promise that we can be satisfied according to the Lord's will. We can be satisfied. Notice the word there. The Bible says shall come again rejoicing, with rejoicing. You think that person's unsatisfied with what he saw? No, for he's, he's satisfied. He's satisfied, and, and that's what that word really indicates. It tells us it's a state of satisfaction. You'll never be rejoicing about something you ain't satisfied about. And so the farmer had labored. The farmer had now seen the reaping. He's seen the harvest. He could look on that harvest and look upon it with a satisfaction of joy. What a blessing. When we get to look back at the harvest we had, when we get to the judgment seat of Christ and we're able to look back at the harvest God allowed us to have, will we look back rejoicing? Will we really look back? If you, if you say yes, you've really got some problems, but will we really look back with rejoicing? I hope we do. I'm not even saying you won't. But will we? Think about it. Just just proposing a question to you. Just proposing a question. We must be witnesses for him. We must be witnesses for him. We, we, oh, we must have the satisfaction of knowing that we'll be in the will of God and doing the will of God. When we Just think about it. I mean, if someone gets saved through our testimony, through your track that you get passed out. Just think about that. Isn't it a satisfaction that knowing that one more soul won't go to hell? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when, when we witness, we'll, we'll, I believe it's God's approval. What about well done? Thou good and faithful servant. Been faithful over the little things. I'll make you ruler over many. Think about it. Think about it. If someone gets saved... Through that, and we see somebody go to heaven because of something we said, what a wonderful thought. What a wonderful thought when we, uh, I mean, when we see somebody come to God, come to the Lord, uh, we know that God has been glorified. Christ has been exalted. The devil's lost another. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't that make you satisfied? believe it would. It's a promise of, uh, that you'll be satisfied. It's a promise that there'll be some success. 
Jeremiah never saw soul. But in the latter years after Jeremiah had passed on, there was a reaping that probably went to the account of Jeremiah. Think about that. The Bible says here in this text, He that goeth forth weeping, weepeth bearing precious seed, shall doubtless. To the word doubtless, is there any doubt? Mm -mm. Absolutely not. So if we're weeping, if you go forth, you're weeping, sowing it in tears, you're bearing the precious seed, there'll be a harvest. You say, preacher, I've never seen a harvest out of my life. You might not see it here. You might not see that harvest here. The harvest is the Lord's. We agree with that, right? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Doesn't say the labor of the harvest. It says the Lord of it. Pray that for the Lord of the harvest. God never promises you or me that we'll, we'll, we'll be great soul winners. We'll, we'll not, not all of us in here ain't going to be Brother David East. You just ain't going to be, be like that. All of us in here ain't going to be Brother Samuel Freed. Just not. First of all, none of us have the attitude like that. I want to have the attitude like that, though, don't you? I'm, not, I'm comparing them to Christ. I'm, I'm boasting in Christ over their lives. Because you look at their lives and you watch them share the testimony and go around and share the gospel with many people. Why do you think so many souls come? It's because God did it. But God gave them the ability and the gift to do it. All I'm telling you, friend, is that nonetheless, we must share the gospel. We must share the gospel. His promise is that when we go His way, with his message, there'll be some success. One side or the other, they will. I promise you that. How many times have you shared your testimony with a lost person? How many times have you had the privilege of talking to somebody? How many times have you had the privilege to talk to somebody and just tell them the gospel, plain and clear? How many times have you taken somebody to the throne of grace and they've received Christ as their Savior? If the answer is zero, man, we need to do more. If the answer is one, we need to do more. We're all over 20 years old here. The answer should be well over that. Oh, no, it's the truth. I'm coming to you with all the heart that I have. Can't we do more when it comes to telling the gospel to others and winning others to Christ? How many times do we go out to eat? Maybe not many. How many times do we go to the store? Maybe not many. But you go. Couldn't you tell somebody about Jesus? What about everybody? Brother Warren Elliott has had such a great testimony around this area. Why? It isn't because he sat around and was hanging out in the shadows. It wasn't because he was shy or ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know why he was? Why he's known? Because he was told. He tells about it completely all the time. Everywhere he goes, he's got a gospel message. And I'm telling you, if you're a vocal witness, praise the Lord. If you're not, we need to be one. We need to be one. 
There's promises that come from it. But you've got to be one. You've got to plant the seed and tend to that seed. It might be years down the road before you see the produce. There's promises. But we've got to do our part first. If you need to come around the altar tonight and pray, I'd invite you to while I'm praying here. Lord, we do love you. We thank you, God, for this time that you've given us, Lord, to be able to um, expand our thoughts on missions, Lord, personal evangelism. Lord, it is a part of missions. And I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you'd help us be a better personal witnesses, Lord, that we'd be more powerful witnesses, Lord, that we'd be more vocal witnesses, Lord, and visible witnesses. Lord, help us, God, to tell this gospel of yours to this whole world. Lord, help us not to be ashamed. Lord, help us, God, to study, to show ourselves approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. Lord, help us, God, in every way, Lord, to get some passion, a burden for some souls, Lord. God, that we could... We, that we would know, have the knowledge, Lord, to lead somebody to you, to take somebody to the throne of grace, that they might obtain help, Lord, in a time of help, time of trouble, time of need. Lord, help us, God, to be more better witnesses, Lord, in this day, in this hour. Lord, their souls uh, frantically and very fast falling into hell. Lord, some know nothing about the gospel. Some do. God, help us, Lord, to share the gospel to those, Lord, so that the good news can get there on time. Lord, so the good news can still be good news to them. Lord, help us in every way this evening to take this message, Lord, out of my, 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 my lisping tongue, Lord, the tongue, Lord, that is unworthy to stand up here in front of these people and do it. Lord, I have plenty of my faults in my own. Lord, help me to be a better witness for you in this day and this hour. But I believe the hour is drawing nigh, Lord. And I ask you, dear God, to help us to be obedient witnesses, Lord, to help us be open witnesses, Lord. And Lord, that in every way you might get the glory through our lives, Lord, that we would be boastful, we would not be proud of anything besides the fact that you are our God and we are your people. Help us, Lord, to be witnesses tonight. Help each person that's here. Lord, we love you so much and we praise your holy name. Thank you for allowing us to come to the house of God tonight and giving us great power, Lord, um, in this house, Lord. And Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name for all that you do. Bless the words that have come out of the mouth today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.